Well, 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 who's back and who's alive and who's ready to get going again? Welcome, welcome, welcome to WWW. What happened this week in the world and what do we think about it? I'm Ken H. coming to you always from Houston. I have heard the cries of the people. It is March the 22nd in the year 2022. Let's get started. Thank you again always for joining. I have heard the cries. I appreciated that. Sorry about the absence, but I always, always, always appreciate the fact that you all are faithful and continue to support me and continue to support what we do here. And it is going back to those basics. I am so excited to be a part of that, and we are going to continue with the theme that seemed to be your favorite. What happened this week and what happened in the world and what do we think about it? And as always, the fastest 25 minutes that you'll experience. So let's get going right away. We'll have a little bit of USA news. As always, a little politics, a little entertainment, a little sports. Then we'll go into the world, what's happening in the world, and we all know what's happening in the world. We'll take our break from our faithful, faithful sponsor, and then we'll get started on what is the thoughts of the week. Let's get going, of course. When we think about the politics of our American country, the President of the United States, Joe Biden, is off to Brussels to visit with the NATO allies and have a meeting with those NATO uh, partners. He will then take a trip to Poland. He will not be going to Ukraine, but he certainly will be going. So he'll leave in the morning and hopefully have a better trip than the Vice President did. But we are hoping that there can be some sort of strength either in the numbers of the NATO allies standing shoulder to shoulder and America standing right there. We know we have some military people in Poland training on the Polish base there. Our American troops are there showing that solidarity of NATO and its alliance and how desperately uh, convenient Putin might think it is to come across those borders and go into a NATO country, but the NATO countries have never been more united. So quite interesting if you think about the politics, and we'll go into the world part of it here in a minute. Entertainment, of course. Sandra Bullock has this new movie out called The Lost City. I've actually liked Sandra Bullock a long time. She's been one of my favorite actresses for a long time. Interesting, she would make a comment as she sticks with it. She asked, of course, would there be, is there a movie that you wished you had never made? And she's made some good ones, but the one that sticks out into her mind and she claims if I could do it over again, I absolutely would. I would have never made that movie had somebody told me ahead of time. Can you guess? Five, four, three, two, one. What do you think it was? Speed two. That was easy. Yeah, Speed 2 is what she says as well. Not at all a fan. Wish she had never done it. A slow-moving boat moving towards an island. Uh, where? Where did it go wrong? Where did it go right? That's the one movie she said. But she's teamed up with Channing Tatum, and that seems to be a very, very funny movie, this Lost City. Brad Pitt, of course, is in it. You've got Daniel Radcliffe is in it. So it should be very funny. I hope to see it next week. And we are grateful that she continues to make us laugh in all aspects in a world full of difficulties, heartaches, troubled times. We do need that escapism that movies can bring sometimes. Hopefully they will bring them more often than not, some sort of laughter, joy, escapism versus some sort of message or try to teach us something. 
Sports is exciting. Baseball is just getting back. We've got the, the owners and the players got together. They finally agreed on some terms and conditions for their contracts going forward. And if you love baseball and you know if you're listeners of this program for any length of time, you know that is one of my favorite sports. So I'm excited that baseball has started. Here in Houston, of course, Carlos Correa hoped, fingers crossed, that he would stick with the Astros that has taken him to two World Series and a championship World Series. Yes, there was the scandal. We don't have to keep going about it, but we've kind of worked through that scandal last year as we made it all the way to the World Series without any troubles or difficulties. Booed all along the way. I'll never forget that, the boos along the way. But okay, the guys held together, stayed with it, and went all the way. They did lose, but they were in the big game. I don't know if Carlos will get back to the big game as he moves over to the Minnesota Twins. But I do like him, I know him, and I appreciate uh, him being here in Houston. His family is nice, he is nice, and I, I know that we will wish him well, but we wished he had made the decision to stick around. But that's okay. That is what sports is all about. Then there's the other hot topic that we'll get into, and of course I just can't stand it talking about it, is this uh, young man who claims to be a woman and has just dominated in the women's sports. And he swims up a storm, and I refuse to call him a female, even though he would like everybody to call him a female. We'll get into that here a little bit later in the, in the program as well. So that's our USA wrap-up. You've got a little politics, a little entertainment, a little bit of sports. And then let's move into what's happening in the world. Well, you would have to be living under a rock, and most everybody is not. The war in Ukraine is just devastating. Devastating in any capacity. Not any way to look at this except perhaps, and we will talk a bit about it a bit later, but perhaps the humanitarian aid and the, and the bringing together of the people, that unification of people that heartaches and difficulties either bring out the best in people or bring out the worst. And unfortunately, some uh, worse stories, but there are some great stories in this Ukraine-Russia problem. A, a war of choice, a war by uh, Choice is the way it's being called, and it is a war of choice. There was zero reason whatsoever to go in this direction, zero reason at all to have this happen. And, and it, you know, from the mind of one individual saying, I want what's mine, harkens back to those days of a childhood where you saw the children on the playground and you saw the two cars and the one boy or girl irrelevant would go over and grab it and say, that's mine. And the parents, if they saw it, the parents, of course, know, you know, Johnny, Joey, share with everyone else your toys. Make sure you share. Share what is ours and share what is yours. Now, most of the time, the kid would do it, put it back, or sometimes he would go off screaming, kicking and screaming, and the parent would have to intervene and make the, you know, make the child give the toy to the friend or the other person just to prove we are a generous people. We do not take what is not ours. We share what is ours. And so that is this unbelievable uh, situation where Putin has decided he's going to take what he feels is his. And there is no justification at all for it. There is no at all rhyme or reason to suggest he's in the right. He is absolutely in the wrong. He should be denounced at every corner in the wrong. He has absolutely done this by choice and it is a bad choice. If he had his parents still around, I would hope that they would look at him and say, bad choice, Putin. But we don't have that. You know, the funny thing, if there's anything, 
interesting about the story is that, of course, he wanted to make uh, NATO divide. He wanted to make Europe divide. He wanted to create this chasm of division. And he thought in his mind that he really had it figured out, that if he goes in, he would get Ukraine in a couple of days. He would satisfy his urge to have what he thought was his. And the world would kind of shirk off like they did with Crimea when he went into Crimea. And everybody kind of went, eh, okay, darn it. He went on his way, and okay, so blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of sad, but true. And yet, what he's done in his arrogant stupidity, and what most people find that when they're arrogant and stupid, it is the reverse effect. And sure enough, that is exactly what has happened. You now have a more unified NATO, the strongest, tightest unity those countries have ever seen in the 40 years that they've been kind of together but not together. And then you have Europe coming together and these countries that never even thought about joining NATO, Switzerland, uh, uh, Sweden, uh, and, uh, Lithuania, those guys are actually going Norway and, and coming together and saying we now maybe think we should be a part of NATO. So again, his desire to divide and what he thought would be a divide and conquer has turned absolutely the wrong way. And everybody, including Germany, we'll get into in a minute, after the break coming up on us real quick. Very, very unique situation in Europe and, and around our world as this unfolds in this terrible tragedy. But again, what has become a tragedy might perhaps be an incredible moment for the future. We're always talking about the world and what comes to mind is our faithful sponsor, Travel and Leisure Magazine. We are so grateful. If you'll sign up with Travel and Leisure Magazine through this program, you'll receive 58% off of that order. Go to Travel and Leisure Magazine, www.travelandleisure.com backslash order today. Or if you want to speak to somebody, no problem, 866-737-8037. You're going to get one year subscription for free. For free? Did I just say for free? No, you're going to get 58% off of that Travel and Leisure subscription. What a great deal. Thank you so much to Travel and Leisure. That's going to be $29.99 for Travel and Leisure for one year. And if you've never seen the magazine, boy, are you missing out. Thank you again, as always. Fastest 25 minutes you'll have on the podcast. And again, we are located at every podcast. Make sure you do reach out and tell your friends and family. We are on every single platform that podcasts are available, whether it's iHeart or iTunes or Spotify or all the others. You can find us on all 13 podcasting platforms. So again, I'm grateful for your time. Let's get back to what do we think about these subjects. There's three subjects I really wanted to hit and I really wanted to talk about. This sporting thing has really got me uh, frustrated. And again, uh, Governor DeSantos in Florida, very cool today. Through his government, to his governor proclamation, Ron DeSantos has declared the woman's swimmer that was beaten by this young man has now, he is now by proclamation declared she is the champion swimmer 
of that meet of that time of that era in Florida. So again, recognizing that you can say you have those feelings. You can say, I feel one gender or the other, but you have, you know, this story is very interesting specifically because the young man claims he wants to be a lady, claims that he likes or has women's thoughts, he, yet he likes boys, so okay, that's fine, but he has yet to make that uh, surgery situation to make that final transition. So again, how do you say, I'm a, a, a woman thinker, and yet I'm, a, a, I'm in a boy's body, I'm in a man's body, and I'm going to compete in the pool with young ladies. That just, just rubs me wrong all the way, because I, I'm fine with what you want to feel, but he hasn't even committed to that concept completely, and that's, that's a tough thing. And again, in my mind, it is a simple discussion. You have a boy body or you have a woman's body, a, a man's body or a female's body. That's pretty simple. You're right, you can think all you want, you can feel differently, you can have these feelings that are perhaps different than the way you were born or the way your body is, de is defined, but that is a fact that if I'm in a boy's body, if I'm in a man's body, how in the world am I able to compete in a girl's activity and vice versa? The girl wants to compete in the boy's sports. These bodies do not come together. They are not made the same. They are not supposed to be made the same. There is absolutely nothing wrong with what I'm saying. There are men's sports and there are women's sports. And that's absolutely okay. Nobody seems to have a problem with men's sports and women's sports. There's nothing wrong with that. But when I want to cross that line with my man's body and still a man's body, completely a man's body, and then try to get into the woman's sports, there has to draw a line. And we have to really say there is a line there. I cannot have that continue when that's the situation. So that's really frustrating to me that that is allowed, but I appreciate Ron DeSantis recognizing the female winner of that sporting event because she is a female, and so she won by proclamation from his governor's office the winner of that sport. As I mentioned, we talk about the war, these combating forces. Putin had hoped to divide and conquer. He has not conquered yet, and yet the division he was hoping for has not happened. It has never been closer. These countries have never been closer. Germany had a strict law since the war to never get involved in a country's conflicts, a.k.a providing any sort of support financially, verbally, officially with a country that is having a conflict just because of that very, very tough feeling left over from the wars of the past. Okay, great concept. But because this was such an out uh, outlandish and atrocity of Putin going into Ukraine with no reason whatsoever of him doing that, even the new... German Chancellor has changed the law in Germany and they have supplied these Stinger missiles and these military agreements. They have joined in the force. They have agreed to sanctions against Russia, against Putin, against the oligarchs. They have taken them and joined them in that swift bank account rejection, although that is the toughest for them because of the natural gas that he needs and he is supplying to their country. Now, of course, that's a verbal war going on right now, but he needs their money in this war, so he's not going to cut off those oil products. 
because he needs their money. And so he's, they've got a pretty good leverage. He needs the money as much as he, they need the oils and the natural gas for the cold season that they're going, the heating oils that they're going through right now. So again, he needs their money. They need the oil. So they're at a, a bit of a, a detente if you will. But then you've got, of course, the rest of the NATO allies coming together. And again, these other countries that were never really wanting to be considered in NATO, Switzerland specifically, the most famous neutral country of the world, never getting involved in any military conflict of any kind, has decided not to be a part of this conflict, but they certainly have decided maybe we should think about this NATO concept if Putin's going to be this dumb and make these advances into the civilized world for no reasons whatsoever. So that is an interesting step. So once again, these countries that have perhaps stayed neutral or perhaps stayed out of uh, conflicts around the globe have now decided to get involved in a physical way, a financial way, a verbal way, all of those ways because of this really horrendous outlandish attempt by Putin to take over Ukraine. He really misjudged the Ukrainian people. He really thought he had it figured out. He really thought his planning would go swell. He thought his troops would go right into Ukraine. The Ukrainians would just surrender quickly. Uh, uh, Zelensky, the pr uh, president, would just run away. And uh, that would be that, and yet he has come into a rude awakening. These people are not going away quietly into the night. Heavy losses on both sides, heavy losses on the Russian military side, heavy losses, of course, on the Ukrainian side. As the spoiled child that we talked about in this analogy earlier of I want to take it because I want it and it's mine, that same spoiled child is not winning and therefore he's just going to kick the pieces on the board. He's just going to destroy what he can, and he is doing just that, just destroying various parts of Ukraine for absolutely no reason than the brutality of the destruction, the anger and the venom that he has towards these people for staying and fighting and for creating and, and, and not just giving in and giving up. So very frustrating from... Uh, the global's perspective, those of us that are watching it and seeing it around, we just kind of go, golly. But we also applaud the nations in Europe. I lived, as you all know, if you're faithful again to the program, I lived in, in Rotterdam, the Netherlands, for 15 years. I have been all over those areas. I have been through those countries that we're talking about. I have a real passion for the European community and the Europeans as they are, and I am absolutely impressed that they are not folding, they are not giving up. And then there's the humanitarian crisis. Poland, unbelievable step up. Now more than two million people have come into Poland, and they are absolutely stepping up and taking those refugees, helping them get that transition from what do I do now to perhaps going and finding family members, finding a place to stay, a place to get out of harm's way as the Ukrainians are fleeing this war-torn country in the midst of the war. So people have shown their kindness, shown 
one of the programs I was watching, uh, people have heard about this since the beginning, and we are a generous people, and the viewers of this program and the viewers of this uh, station have collected more than $11 million towards this uh, humanitarian aid and crisis, and how do we get aid to the people? And you see the stories of the people this leaving, taking a leave of absence from their jobs and heading off to Ukraine, trying to do the best that they can, whether they're military, whether they're medical, whether they're uh, 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 working on the, uh, the, the various charity events or the humanitarian uh, aids and trying with their heart to make this happen and help these people in this crisis. It is a crisis, and yet you see this incredible outpouring of humanitarianism. We are in this world together. As you know, we end the program always with that theme song. We are under one sky. We are in this globe. It seems so often we are not together. We are not a part of each other's lives and frustrations, but we are in this together. And when you see a crisis, you can either react positively or react negatively. And so far, the world has united and reacted positively towards this un provoked aggression and the unanimous uh, feeling of a terrible, terrible atrocity that this Putin has unleashed onto the world. So we take that with heartfelt feelings that we are going to make it through together. We are going to stand together, be together, and go together as we go at it. You, you know, the country in America here is going through this economic trouble, and we talked a little bit about our president and his decisions. More than ever in just the one year have you seen an elected official come in and with the policies absolutely devastate what your life was economically, where your life has been in one year's time. We were all paying $20, $30 max of a gasoline tank. Now you're paying $60, $80, $100, $1,000 if you're a trucker to try to keep your business going, keep your families alive, keep the food supply chain going we you know we need these truckers so badly and so our economy has been hindered by the vote and up coming november we'll talk as we get of course closer to it we're going to get to vote again and i'm not about to to bring in the peopleness part of this but you all know very clearly the policies that have been implemented are the problem and if you're you know tall or short or old or young Party versus party it is irrelevant. If the policy is hurtful, if the policy is detrimental, then you'll see it very quickly. And we've seen it in this country rather quickly. The policies that this individual vote getter, the one in the uh, Oval Office who has taken up this, this desire to simply just turn over every decision, every policy that was in place, has changed our physical economic lives. You don't have to like the guy that left. You don't have to like the guy that's here. Vice versa, you know, like him or dislike him. I'm not going to be in that area, and we're not going to ever have those discussions. But by golly, we can certainly understand the policies are extremely different. And it's the policies that have changed your life. It's not the person. It's the policies. It was the policies of the last guy that made our lives better. And it's the policies of this guy that have made our lives worse. And so it's incredible that we have a vote 
coming up in November, so you have a chance to try to change the direction of the policy-making decision-makers, those people that have decisions and that they make decisions, hopefully, in our best interest. But it doesn't seem like it, and sadly, we are having to kind of decide where are we going. And right now, 78% of the country, we're on the wrong track. We are going down the wrong road. The president has its lowest approval ratings ever, below 40%, and that's the lowest he has. Vice president has even lower percentage rating. Congress has lowest approval ratings in a long time. So again, vote, vote, vote. It's important to vote because the vote does have some policy changes. Those policies can be changed if a particular person, like group, party, whatever, is able to make those decisions. And we know the decisions were working because we all had a better economy. But as always, it's time to go. 25 minutes comes and goes quickly. We are under one sky together. We're in this together. Ken H. from Houston. Thank you so much. Mitty's fine. We'll see you soon. Have a great rest of your day.